Energy. Energy, energy, energy. <laughs> Did you just say Rochelle Obama? Michelle. Michelle. Okay, because I thought you said Rochelle Obama. I know right? I have a thick accent. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Sarah. <laughs> I can't really say how it affected my career. I'll be kind of guessing, but I... I always had an inkling that it seems like it's definitely a hit for me. <laughs> I use my fake name. <laughs> What's your fake name? Sally. Sarah. Hey Sally. I have you on the phone this week. Yes. And yes. and that is because you took a lover this weekend. Uh, <laughs> um, I've got the cold. I've got to go. All right. See um, ya. <laughs> I met up with a gentleman friend. Mm, yeah. From um, a different country. <laughs> yes, he is foreign. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. I'm glad you had a good time. Yes, I went to Toowoomba for the first time ever. Oh, really? Noting the fact that I... First and last? raised in Brisbane. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, no, he's there for three months, so okay. it probably won't be the last. But um, definitely that's the only reason I would go back <laughs> Um, firstly, just for the fact of, I didn't realise that it's basically at the top of the mountain. Do you want me and to then, react here or do you just want me to listen and just go, poor you? Poor no, th- but have you ever driven <laughs> up there? Yes, it's horrible. It's like a steep incline. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God. Isn't it called, isn't it called the range or something? Like, isn't that what that steep incline is? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not a geographer. <laughs> Clearly. Oh my god, did you know it was up a hill? Yeah. I did, I did calligraphy once, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that's different. Um, <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> well, did you have a good time anyway? I had a great weekend. Will you be getting married? <laughs> Shut up. No. Oh, well, why tell us about it? Hey, um, I I had a pretty good weekend as well. I uh, went into nature. Uh, I didn't ask you what you were doing. I know, but I'm sure the listeners want to know what I've been up to. Um, I went into nature, and I also um, what? And survived. And survived. I mean, that's the that's the key here, people. Um. No. And you love nature. I remember we... Don't like, say that story. I'm going to. I'm going to cut it out. No, it's funny. But this beautiful moment <laughs> pulled over, like, so green and lush and foresty. And <laughs> we were just both, like, in that moment, like, this is really nice. Mm. And then you... Wind down the window of uh, Lucy. Laser, yeah. And um, 
tip your cigarette butts out into nature. <laughs> so it just was such Aww. a beautiful, teachable moment. In, in my defense, that was about 20 years ago and I was young and fairly obnoxious and that was that was a bullshit thing to do. And yeah, I, I don't care about your little laws. Um, oh, it's, I hate that yeah, story. Sign me. I'm just, I, and now I resent ever having a podcast that would have given you the platform to tell that story to people. <laughs> You're going to get some dirty mail. Yeah, hopefully, mail. hopefully. Um I also uh, just wanted to let you know that I have been watching um, Loving Annabelle a little bit more, and uh, I've been doing a little bit of research on it. And I really want the director. Can you just stop with? Can you just stop sending me pictures? <laughs> Please, just stop sending me pictures of Loving Annabelle. I just I love it because you get so riled up about it. Like every time I'm on the phone to Sarah. Definitely outraged. Okay? Every, every time. Every time I'm on the phone to Sarah while she's talking away about some bullshit, something in her life, I, um, I'm sending her through photos of loving Annabelle. But that's not the point, Sarah. This week we're talking to, well, I talked to uh, Rebecca Ray, Dr. Rebecca Ray, um, who is a clinical psychologist and has written a book called Be Happy. Well, judging by either of us and our lives, we're not. Um, uh, I so don't know. It's a book. <laughs> Well, I really enjoyed it actually because it's like a it's like really, yeah. No, it's just really cute and it's got like a really nice cover and it's actually like apart from being cute, it's actually really informative and kind of like a really yeah. great sort of foundation for um Well, since I'm not left in the dark, I have heard the interview, so it is a great interview and she really does touch on some really important points about self and how we need to deal with those voices that are in our head sometimes yeah and i think mental health is um one of the areas that i feel very strongly about and i think that you know we should be talking about it more and we should be taking care of each other and stuff so i like to take any opportunity yeah i like to take any opportunity to talk to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about unlike you sarah um oh (laughs) and i and she really did that for me and a friend of mine um was at the peppermint talks um in brisbane uh might be a couple of weeks ago and saw her saw dr rebecca ray talking there and messaged me immediately and said you need to get this lady on your podcast and i wrote her an email straight away and she said yes and the rest they say is history my friend um nobody says that nobody said that to me the rest they say is history um but yeah well, you it said it to yourself so i guess that means somebody else said it right yeah, and so she's also just had she and her partner have also just had a baby as well. So that was really cool. We spoke a little bit about that, um, and yeah, I don't know. I just really I, I think it's a really interesting interview because because of the mental health stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's a good book, and you can you can buy it actually anywhere. So you can go to like to Amazon or QBD or wherever you wherever you buy books, um, Kindle. Um, sure. So when I uh, get a copy of The Handmaid's Tale to read, you know, there is at least 10 months wait before the new series. The book's not going to make you feel much better about that 10-month wait. No, but it's going to mean I have something to do in 10 months. All right, calm down. Don't start screaming at me about it. (laughs) (laughs) You're not screaming at you. You know what? You you yippity yap at me about 
loving Annabelle, but you were obsessed with this Handmaid's Tale. Uh, for valid reasons. Whatever. And I can obsess about loving Annabelle, but for not the reasons you are. I know, you're also rulesy. And oh, I know. I mean, damn me and the fact that it's a teacher. Be professional. I'm not going to get into that. We got into it the other night, um, and I made some valid points. So when we have the loving Anna... Oh, I love how these conversations in retrospect where you made some valid points, but I obviously didn't. This is... No, um, no way. This is about Dr. Rebecca Ray, and I don't want it to become about you and your stickler conservative views. Uh, <laughs> um, I think if the doctor was listening to this, that... Um, you might not be happy with the way you're treating me. Oh, what's in the voices in my head, Sally? <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Let's let everyone else make the decision for themselves. Um, yes. Enjoy the interview. Yeah. Enjoy Dr. Rebecca Ray. Um, I've got her contact information on the website, uh, ohaygaze.com. Um, also, there's a little circle on that website, and it says need support. And if you need support, if you need to talk to somebody, if you're having a bad day, if you're having a bad wife um go and talk to somebody because talking a is amazing you just get to get all this shit off your chest um and there's also nothing wrong with needing to talk to somebody um because we all need to do it so yeah thank you for that PSA. thank you (laughs) (laughs) all right guys enjoy the interview great so thank you uh, very much again for coming on and talking to me about your book, Be Happy. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, it is such a cute little book, by the way. Thanks. I was so happy with the design. I didn't have um, too much to do with the design. The uh, publisher's design team did that. But I um, was just so impressed that they managed to capture, you know, the essence of what I thought I put in the book in content in design as well. So uh, pretty much everyone comments and says, oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> I know. It's just, so, it's gorgeous. And I, and I just love it. So it was, and, and it was a real pleasure to read actually, because um, it was sort of, it was so concise in a way, like it was just so compact yeah. and concise. So I think, Thanks. yeah, no, I mean, no worries. Um, so essentially um, you say it's a book about fostering habits for happiness. Mm. Um, and so what, like, can you tell me about like what your idea of that is? Well, I, I wanted to get away from this idea of, um, uh, what I would call an Instagram idea of just be happy. Yeah. Um, and I need to clarify. <laughs> so my caveat is I did not choose the title. Okay. <laughs> the t- title was not mine. Um, the title was my publisher's idea because we need to sell books and, and titles like be happy sells books. Yep. Um, but it's what I wanted to capture in the book is the fact that there's, you know, so many things that contribute to us feeling all the feelings and that's a normal state of affairs. It's not normal to be happy all the time, but there are things that we can do which add to our well-being. Um, and so I wanted to capture in the book my favourite psychological techniques as a psychologist, but also what I've learned along the way just being human that yeah. seems to work in terms of improving um, well-being as well. Okay. Um, and the, the one of the great things about the book is you gave a breakdown of um, what – um, I guess percentage of our own happiness we're in charge of. Yeah. Um, and that was forty percent, I think, wasn't it? That's right. Oh, yeah. I loved that. I like because I was reading it and I was like, oh no, what is it going to be like? Um, but, yeah. It's not very much, 
much, but it's a lot at the same time. Yeah, it is. And it really like, because in my mind, um, I really was like, oh, okay, okay, I can work with 40% because I got to the 10% yeah. bit and I was like, uh, okay, no. And then, but so 50% you're saying is genetics. Yes. Yeah. Genetics and personality, um, essentially what we're given um, through our DNA that we can't control. Yeah, and so that's and like, I, I should clarify that genetics aren't uh, a sure thing. So there is such a thing as what's called genetic expression, yeah. which means that you could have genes for, say, depression, yeah. but if uh, all the stars don't align in that way in your life, then they may never express in that way. Yeah, okay. That's that's kind of like that's good news as well. Like yeah, yeah. This whole book is good news uh, for me anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, can you take me through the your some of your favorite techniques for um, cultivating happiness, like that you talk about in the book? Like one of mine is practicing gratitude, which I need to do more of. Yeah, absolutely. I think practicing gratitude is the one that's had the biggest effect on me in terms of. Uh, number one, not comparing with others, yeah. and number two, being able to come back to um, where my life is at and what I have, and um, stop wishing for more. Yeah, because I think we're in a in our society in our society we're constantly um, socialised to strive for more and to want more, and we look at our Instagram feeds and um, we, you know, Pinterest all the things that we don't have yet. And it's very easy to get focused on those things as being the source of our lack of happiness right now. Um, And I think if you come back to gratitude, it's incredibly grounding and helps to remind us that not only do we have enough, but when we celebrate what we have, it's... But in terms of my other favourites, I think... My, my favourite techniques are not necessarily techniques, like not necessarily write down three things that you're grateful for, but more um, the, you know, cultivating patience and being able to come back to considering um, am I speaking to myself kindly, you know, those types of internal things that are more a practice, an ongoing lifelong practice rather than something you might get your pet out and um, write down something with. Yeah, I think that too, that speaking to yourself with kindness, that really stood out to me because usually in my head I'm always sort of like when I do something, I'm like, oh, Ty, so, you're so stupid, like kind of thing. Like, And I, that made me really aware when I was reading your book, that's that's my inner voice, like going, yeah. oh, God, you know. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's, yeah, and that would be hard for me, I think, to change, but I'm not saying that I'm not willing to, but. Yeah, it, we really speak about ourselves badly, don't we, in our head? Yeah, we do. And in terms of changing it, can I just give you some more good news? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I need all the good news. <laughs> Actually, it's bad news but wrapped up in good news. Um, the bad news is I don't know that we can change it. Yeah. So, um, And I'm going off personal and professional experience here. So I've been a clinical psychologist for a long time. Yeah. And um, when I think about how long it makes me feel old, but um, – <laughs> probably 15 years now and 
and also, you know, I've been incredibly critical of myself for much longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> and in in the work that I've done, particularly work with long term clients who are self critical, it's not that their in inner voice changes over time. So it's it's more the fact that their approach to that voice is what changes. And that's what I've noticed within myself um, as well. It's not that the voice changes, so it still remains critical, but how much energy I choose to give it changes. Okay. So it's almost like if I say something like, oh, Sally, you're so stupid in my head, it's whereas before maybe I would go, you are stupid, like, and it feels like (laughs) another voice has come in, you know, and there's all these kind of, yeah. So it's just kind of then me going, yeah, like not really, like, is, is that what you kind of mean? Like the way- Yeah, exactly. It, it, not even arguing with it by saying not really because yeah. you'll just set up a fight and I, I <laughs> promise you, your mind will win. Um, <laughs> or at least my, my mind wins all yeah, the time. Yeah, I, I can um, imagine mine would kick my ass as well. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and especially the smart people that are good at arguing anyway, yeah. your mind's going to win. So instead... How I would approach it is just acknowledge that the voice is there, but don't take it on as your identity and also don't treat it, don't give it the attention that um, is going to feed it. So if you think of a toddler throwing a tantrum, the more attention you give that toddler when, you know, she's not getting the lollipop in the shopping centre the next time, she'll just throw a tantrum to get a lollipop. So our minds are a little bit the same. The more attention you give it, the more it feeds off um, the attention. And so in my, I would encourage you not to work on changing it because then we're back to an Instagram post of just being positive. Yeah. And my attitude to that is bullshit yeah. um, because it's just impossible. So, um, sorry, it's impossible to do all the time. But yeah. Of course, sometimes we can have great days and think positive a lot of the time. But, um, you know, most of the time we have this internal critic which is designed to keep us on track and keeping up with the, the clan and help helping us to survive essentially. Um and if the more you buy into that and trying to the more you try to expand your energy changing that, I just think what you're doing is you're wearing yourself down, um, you're spending energy on something that may not change. And yet if you just focused on doing what matters with your actions, which is the forty percent that we can control, then all of a sudden you are directing your energy towards things that matter. So, for instance, your voice might be saying, Sally, you're so stupid, you know, you shouldn't be creating a podcast like this because nobody wants to hear it or whatever it is that your your mind says. Wow, it sounds like my mind has spoken to you. (laughs) (laughs) We spoke earlier. Um, (laughs) And... Then you, what you can do is hear that playing in the background, acknowledge that it's there, and then go and interview your next interviewee anyway. So you're doing what matters. You're controlling what matters and living by your values despite what your mind says. Yeah, and that's a lifelong commitment, isn't it? To- oh, tell me about <laughs> it. I wish there was a destination, but there's not. No, it's just it's, it's just hard work every day. And, I mean, not yeah. hard work, but it's just really being – conscious of it isn't it that's right I think I think when you think about it in terms of um hard work it becomes a little bit demotivating instead I'd probably think about it in terms of an awareness so we're we're stepping out of that state of autopilot and into a state of conscious awareness and I'm not saying again that we can be in that state 100% of the time because I'm certainly not but 
the more you, you know, on your particularly hard days when that voice is, is incredibly loud, if you can bring more conscious awareness to those days, they're just a little bit softer. So you you are giving yourself a little bit softer place to land when you bring that awareness and choose to focus on doing what matters rather than what you mind saying. Yeah, I find that really interesting because I know in the past I've had, um, I guess it would be depression in a way, like I've experienced it um, uh-huh. in the past. And, yeah, I think that's how I've sort of pulled myself out of it in the end is kind of taking a step back and going, oh, Sal, like, you're pretty cool, like, um, and, and yeah, so it's been that and, you know, counselling and stuff. But, yeah, I think my mind, I've, I've, that's how I sort of pulled myself out of that hole a little bit was actually focusing on the good parts instead of the bad, yeah. And that's a skill in itself, isn't it? Like it's, oh, yeah. it, that, that requires effort and a willingness to be able to go there to acknowledge the good parts because I think when that internal voice is negative um, and becomes automatic, it actually becomes, it, it brings a reluctance with it then to, for us to be able to go, actually, let's look at our strengths and let's look at what we're doing well yeah. to counteract that voice, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, um, well, also we're in Australia, so we're, we're not um, raised to promote ourselves. We're actually raised to knock ourselves down. Um, otherwise, you know, you're seen as um, a bit arrogant or above yourself. But I think one of the things that we don't do enough is stop and go, hold on a second, I'm actually doing all right here. And um, because we don't do that enough, then we also don't do it for other people. Yeah. And we end up in um, this social media world where we're very quick to tear someone down for what they're not doing rather than looking at everything that they are. So, yeah, and you've just, like, that's an interesting point to me about going back to being Australian, like we're conditioned to uh, talk badly about ourselves, like yeah. put ourselves but That's down. our humour. Isn't it? Our humour is largely self-deprecating, yep. Yeah, and, that, and for me personally too, like that is definitely – my humor like I will tell you know a, a humorous story but it is mostly about how terrible I've been or how ridiculous I was like it's it's a crazy thought isn't it when you look at the Kardashians for example um I don't think they ouch yeah hurt my ears <laughs> usually we don't talk about them on the podcast but, um, but yes I see you make your point yeah like they I don't think they have those thoughts like it doesn't seem to me like that they would sort of be like oh, I think Americans are actually far better at self-promotion and it's far more acceptable and almost expected. Um, And so if you look at how someone from the States promotes themselves online versus someone from Australia, then you'll see a vast difference in how they sell whatever it is that they're selling, even if it's a personal brand versus how we do it. Like I'm thinking of, say, Rebel Wilson versus, you know, someone like Kim Kardashian. Rebel Wilson will go and you know, knock herself left, right and centre. Um, and then you'll see someone like Kim Kardashian who's obviously not doing that. But then there's also, um, you know, a million other US celebrities who are far more comfortable with going, well, I did this really well, you should go see this movie or whatever it is that they're doing. And yeah. we we don't really do that. Um, we, we do it differently. And we have a different humour and we have a dry humour and I think that I, I'm not saying our humour is bad because I find our humour 
incredibly funny. Yeah. Obviously, I'm raised in it. But I do think we need to be mindful of what effect that has on us if we start to believe what originally started as a joke. Yeah, I, yeah, that is spot on. That is, a, yeah, um, I really, yeah, I really um, relate to that. Um, and, okay, so I just want to talk to you about social media. Um, sure. I, my job, actual job, is uh, like I do uh, social media media strategy and stuff. Um, do you want to take it for my Instagram because I'm really tired? <laughs> yeah, sure, definitely. <laughs> I love I love it so much. Like, and and more so, I love it at that level of taking someone's Instagram and looking at what you could do. And I mean, I barely go on Facebook personally. Um, I only have you know a hundred of my closest friends and well, mostly family on Instagram. Um, and so I, I don't really delve into it that much yeah, sure. um, in, in real life. Um, yeah. But I know that these people do, and I know even down to my nephews, um, you know, it's Instagram likes. It's, you know, this post only got 40 likes. Like yeah. I'm a worthless person. What, how Will we ever escape social media, do you think, or is it – is it- oh, that's such a big question. Having just had a baby, I'm very mindful of what the world will look like when he's in his teens in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can't answer that. I don't know where we're headed. I, I, I'm not sure that, you know, I love where we're headed on in some respects in terms of social media. I, I'm very glad I didn't grow up with social media. Oh, um, me I, I mean, I grew up with messenger uh, yeah. or, or msn messenger um yes. an icq do you remember icq no uh and yeah no it was like a, one of those other sites right messaging kind of platforms yeah, yeah. yeah so that had just come in when i was like in grade 11 or grade 12 yeah. and so i was largely out of high school by the time um the internet started to flourish yeah. and uh i think that in terms of where we're headed today with social media, I mean, it brings so much good um, in terms of activism and in terms of getting messages out there very quickly, mm. um, particularly like we see at the moment with the children being separated from their parents um, at oh. the border in the States. Just terrific. And mm. yet there are people donating money for lawyers and all this kind of stuff. You know, you can, you can mobilise very quickly yeah. um, to make change, but at the same time for a vulnerable person particularly a young person sitting beside behind a screen, I think it can be incredible, incredibly destructive when they start attaching their worth to what, what's happening on that screen. And what I've noticed is that there's one thing that heartens me around this and that's that there seems to be a bit of a resistance also happening with um, the slow living movement which I love. So this idea of coming back to values, coming back to connecting off screen, coming back to having, um, you know, days that are um, online, uh, sorry, free of anything online um, and just getting back to, you know, nature and getting outside and things like that. I think it's important that we pay attention to why this movement is around. I think that's because we've lost a lot of um, the good things of previous living. And we now do it all vicariously through a screen. But, you know, looking at a picture of being outside is not the same as being outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny, isn't it, because my daughter is six and um, I worry about that with her. I know her big cousins show her YouTube videos and stuff. And what I found yeah. is she's watching, uh, she has watched shows. Um, it's 
the like these Insta, uh, sorry, the YouTube Instagrammers, uh, influencers, God, if I could speak, sorry, um, <laughs> the influencers on YouTube, uh, you know, someone like Cookie Swirl C, and I don't know that um, you, you will ever get to that, hopefully not, um, you know, it's this toys and and pushing all these toys and this want of greed. It, it's sort of like a, it just it blows my mind and I was like I can't, you know, I find it really difficult to go, yeah, please watch that where, yeah, you know, right. it's, it's, a, it's a strange world to be in and it's a strange situation for me because I think, how like she doesn't watch tv but she'll want to watch some of these youtube videos sometimes because her older cousin Mm. does and i think right how like this is crazy like this crazy world of kids and youtube now um yeah with these big influences like it's just pushing you know pushing all this like material stuff like and it's yeah it kind of it freaks me out to be honest yeah i totally understand that freak out and um that was something I really had to wrap my head around before, well, not even before, but even during, you know, the period that we were attempting to conceive and um, thinking what does it mean to bring a child into the world these days when myself as an adult, I have to work to manage the effects of social media, let Mm -hmm. alone teaching my child how to do that when he's going to be raised in it yeah, um, there's no because there's no other way to do it. I mean, I could go off grid, but I don't know how that how that's going to help him socially. So uh, <laughs> he's I don't already going to you know, have think some it. challenges in two months. So yeah, I don't think. And so you've just had a baby too. Sorry, I heard you say yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. Congratulations! Thank you. Um, that's great news. Um, yeah, has it been good or? Oh, he's amazing. He's the. I'm actually um, overwhelmed with how amazing it's been yeah. for someone that never wanted children i um i grieve for what i nearly missed, missed out on actually oh wow okay yeah mm. i know sometimes i look at my daughter and i'm just like i can't believe you're a real person like yeah yeah we often sit there and go can you believe that we actually have a baby i know we've kept him alive for three months so oh. that's pretty cool Is it, and i'm so happy to hear you say that because it's like that's the main thing you think of in that, that first couple of months yeah Keep them alive. (laughs) Good, good. We are doing good here. Yeah. So this is we're great parents. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So when I was reading your book, um, and because this is a LGBTQIA focused Mm -hmm. podcast, um, a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, sorry, we did an episode on mental health, and I read through some stats on. LGBT suicide and and self-harm and all this kind of these horrible stats um and so when I was reading your book I was thinking um it's so noisy politically and and also religiously um in regard to LGBT people like you know like should we get married let's have a survey um you know there's some conversion therapy and all that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. I kind of want to like how do we use this book and and and, and I mean in in general um, to move past all of that noise in a way that enables us to live our our best lives? I guess. Yeah, I think if you're going to take anything from that book for those types of challenges, it's around self acceptance. Yeah, because I honestly think if you if you can't accept yourself first and foremost, like if you don't work on your relationship with yourself at the outset, Mm. then all of those things, all the noise will affect you so much more. 
Yeah. Um, and and I, I think that there's not a way to get away from the noise. I mean, unless you switch off, uh, which I highly recommend people do on a regular basis, yeah. that you actually just switch off. You get off get offline and, you know, have some days free of it. That One of the most relaxing times was after I had Bennett and um, I wasn't online for a month. So, oh, I mean, wow. I checked in every now and again, but I wasn't. I didn't post anything for a month. I didn't actually do anything on it for a month, and it was so incredibly freeing. But if you're – so if you're looking for validation in your Instagram feed mm. rather than actually working on yourself um, outside of that, then I think it leaves you in a really risky position in terms of self-worth. Yeah. Um, it's- and in, in, in terms of managing – your sexuality or managing how you communicate your sexuality or managing what rights it it means you have because of your sexuality around that if you're struggling i would say don't go online um to find the answers go and speak to someone who's a professional who can provide you with that face-to-face connection and really help you get a relationship with yourself that's solid on the ground yeah because i still i talk about the survey and i I think how even for me at 38, now I don't really care what people think about me being a lesbian. Like uh-huh. at, at this stage I'm like I I just don't have time for that sort of idea. But then I was thinking, you know, there are a lot of young kids hearing uh, that, you know, we're pretty much having a vote on whether or not a certain group of people can have rights. Like and I just find that it, to this day I'm still, I'm still struggling to kind of get my head around that whole ordeal. Um but, yeah, I think people are being, you know, really affected by especially these this conversion therapy as well. Like, mm. I mean, what, the, what is that? Like, and well, exactly. Like, it, there's, there's absolutely nothing to, no research to say let's do this, you know, let's, um, let's say that this is uh, <laughs> something that's effective. Mm-hmm. But in terms, of, in terms of being exposed to it online, um, or anything about that, whether it be the fact that in Australia we've had to vote on our rights um, or leave it up to the people to decide whether or not we have that right. I would encourage young people to find their role models that are healthy and yeah. follow them. So the likes of Magda Stavansky, yeah. who was incredibly vocal um, in the lead-up to the survey um, and uh, the, my current obsession is the Queer Eye Boys. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> who just make me so happy because of their love and kindness. Yeah. Um, and I, I would encourage people to, um, you know, look uh, look beyond. If you have to follow something on social media, then don't follow anyone that's uh, knocking it because there's always going to be other people that have different beliefs. Yeah. And it, from where I stand, I'll respect your opinion if your opinion doesn't impose on the rights of other people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I think is the most alarming thing is that we're still talking about yeah. stuff. Like it's it's weird. Like why yeah. why is why was it like still a conversation? Like if you don't like it, go and talk about that in your living room with your family or whoever. But yeah. Don't take the, the stage, you know, politically in, in yeah. Australia. Like no one wants to hear that. Well, some, yeah, that's some people do. Um, yeah, it, it depends on on what your background is, but I think I always encourage people to come back to staying in their own lane. You know, we we've just got to run our own race, and yeah. if this 
uh, is a part of your past, then, you know, if your sexuality is different to your neighbours or different to um, your best friends, then it's your path. And the same way that you might choose to um, give up your day job and go and start a business, Mm. that might be different to what somebody else is doing. And you still have to work on self-acceptance around the hard parts when it comes to that as well. I mean, sexuality might be a little less flexible than that, but um, (laughs) or it might not, who knows. But it it comes back to getting okay with yourself. And you know what? I wouldn't have a job if it was easy to get okay with yourself on any level. (laughs) So um, I would say we're actually talking about a concept that everyone has to work on. Um, And if you – all all I'm saying is when we're talking about sexuality and social media – if that's affecting your self-worth, then you need to look at what you're following. Um, I love decluttering my newsfeed. So if you've got stuff popping up that's hurting you, turn it off yeah. um, or unfollow. And if you know that you're struggling, go and talk to someone. Yeah. Because the power of talking and the power of being heard and being seen is second to none. Yeah, that's what we sort of have sort of pushed in the podcast as well. Like if you need support, like, go and get it because it's great yeah. to chat to someone. And I think, you know, both Sarah and I, my my co-host, like we've both spoken to people over the years and, it, you know, it is very validating and, and, and stuff like that. So, oh, and so have I and I'm a psychologist. Yeah. I, I'm not promoting this just because I'm a psych. I'm promoting this because I've done it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. promoting it from both sides of the couch here, you know. Because yeah. you're a human lady you're promoting it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, because I have a mind. So you, you're you very, like, an intelligent person. Um, how much influence do health professionals have with LGBT issues, like, federally? Like, I have no idea. Okay. No, yeah, it's not my – it's not ever been something I've practised in yeah. um, professionally, yeah. as in an, an area of expertise. My, my area of expertise was trauma, so I worked a lot with military and police. Oh, um, that's interesting. But, I haven't actually done – I mean, I had the odd client come in to work on issues like that, yeah. uh, uh, sexuality issues or um, gender issues, but not necessarily uh, anything that I was known for or explored at a deep professional level. So I can't comment when it's kind of outside of my area of expertise yeah, no on, on things like that. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I think I've had you now for about half an hour, so – I should probably let you go and get back to your family and your life. Um, Thanks. Thank you so much for having a chat with me. Um, the book is great and, I mean, I do love the cover. So, um, Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's very cute. Um, so I this is going to be part of Season 2, so that's launching on the 2nd of July. So it will be around then. I can shoot you an email when it's coming up if you want. That would be great, yes, please, so yeah. I can promote it. Yeah, yeah excellent. Um and, yeah, if you want any help with your Instagram feed, let me know. <laughs> I wish. I wish. But part of it is is they want you, you know, they want the, yeah, yeah. the, the personal branding and the story. Instagram takes up a lot of my life. Oh, um, yeah. I was talking to someone actually on Thursday night about it and she was saying, Instagram has brought me all these amazing things. Um, and... Uh, I hate it at the same time. I was like, I feel like I'm in exactly the same position. I, I love it and I loathe it so yeah. much. Um, yeah. But it has, it's, you know, got me a book deal. It's gotten, it's it's found me an audience, you know, and I think that um, when you 
well, I don't want a day job, so, <laughs> so um, finding an audience to be able to, you know, deliver a message is invaluable as well. And it just it's just one of those things you have to suck it up and do it. Yeah, and I read some of your reviews on Amazon and stuff for the book, and people are loving it. Sick. Oh, right. really? I haven't read anything like that. Again, that's one of the things that I don't do online. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Google myself, and I don't. Um, I don't seek out feedback unless it's directly given to me on an Instagram on my Instagram page. Which, in which case, it had the feedback has been lovely, but I don't go looking for it because I don't. There's enough negativity, and I don't need someone to be trying to. Um, or, you know, they might not like the book and I don't. I just don't need to hear that to the other writing that I'm trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's all positive, the stuff that I saw. So, oh, great. Yeah, so Amazon is, is singing your praises. Um, oh, so, lovely. Yeah, congratulations you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now you're giving me good news. Yeah, excellent. See? <laughs> all right, thank you again so, so much. Thanks, I really appreciate Sally. your time and um, I'll, I'll message you um, in a couple of weeks when it's up. Okay, sounds good. Excellent, thank you. Have a good day. You too, bye. See ya, bye. Okay, so I told you guys that you'd, you'd like it. What do you think, Sarah? It's a great interview. And as I said, definitely some nuggets to take out of there about self and dealing with those voices in your hands. And mm, I always like those ones about gratitude and stuff because I think that's something that I, I don't do as well as I should, like just be like – like have gratitude for the stuff that I already have in my life. Like I kind of am always striving. This podcast is not illustrating that to anybody else <laughs> your life. Hey, this podcast is great. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is you, you could do better than us. Maybe tone it back a bit. <laughs> Maybe tone myself back a bit or? Your gratitude back a gratitude, bit. Gratitude, yeah. What do you mean? I don't even understand what you're talking about. Um, we have 15 kilometres of distance between My us. My God. <laughs> it's a joke. And if I have to explain it, I've used the wrong joke for the wrong audience. We have 15 kilometres of distance between us and I cannot figure out what you I mean. I think there's 15 kilometres between us. How much is there? I don't know. Didn't I just say at the start I haven't done geography? <laughs> I only think the valley's about 15 kilometres away from me. Oh, why are you arguing the point why do you keep bringing it up so guys guess who was on next week Sarah annabelle. do you know annabelle not annabelle but i'm working on that shit Carol. oh i'm working on that too <laughs> i'm trying to get everyone on um no brandy love is on next week wow. and you guys may remember the incredibly popular uh, episode that we did on porn um which is our second most downloaded episode behind monique brumby um national treasure um somebody's looking at some data um, <laughs> oh i'm always on the stats like i have spreadsheets um i do um no but brandy love and i spoke to her the other night she was in new york and i was here and i she's absolutely contender for the nicest lady in the entire universe very um, sweet she was very wasn't sweet. she i absolutely loved every minute of talking to her and i was so excited during the day um knowing that i would be talking to her um and it just exceeded any expectation that i had so guys that is an, a superb interview with brandy love and we talk about a lot of things we talk about porn um 
being ashamed of sex, um, Twitter trolls. She's got some of them. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I absolutely love this interview and I've listened to it a couple of times now. So, yeah. And so that's next week. So look forward to that. Something I look forward to. Have a good week, Sarah. You have a good week too, Sally. I will. See you next time. See ya. See ya. Ciao.